Hi, roaches. I'm Todd Tondera. Welcome to my thrifting audio diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, good garbage, and all-around helpful items I could utilize in my daily life. My mission is to do all of this while spending the least amount of money. Each week on the show, I invite a friend to thrift by my side. This week, the center of my attention, my co-host, Josh Last Call Larkin, is here. We drag a haul back to the studio, and we're going to tell you all about it. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. Wipe those cobwebs off. It's November now, and it's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Shut the door on our very well-received, highly acclaimed Halloween episodes for this year. The Halloween run was a really good run, like just a little tiny mini episodic contained. I'm gonna miss Spookwill. That was. I I'm hope gonna miss Spookwill for a lot of reasons. So I understand why why it's why this podcast is just getting five stars. Well, it's Christmas time now. We're November first. Oh, don't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to unpack this immediately. You know, I'm going to be saying, after the moderate success of Goblinberry Magic Pie, my Halloween rap, I said in a private conversation that I might be doing an entire Christmas album. Yeah. So, sneak peek of the Christmas album. Well, not a sneak peek. We don't have any music ready. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's going to be a thing. Maybe some guest artists joining as well. Yeah, that's more so what I wanted to talk to you about. So, I didn't go to work yesterday. Josh went to work yesterday. We worked together. I walk into work, and I understand that now my workplace understands that I will be having a Christmas album. I hyped the rap. Uh, Yeah, I told people. I was like, look, Todd's got this Halloween rap. It's uh, Halloween. You should go out and listen to it. I didn't send anybody the link. Thank God. Yeah, we work with a woman who also raps. And that's why it's problematic because I'm just doing this for kicks and now everybody knows who I am and she like does it for like a, a career. But I think she could really heighten the production values. and She I th- could heighten the much needed production value increase we would need. She would also be the only person on the track who believes in Jesus singing about Christmas. So it might True. be good to have a balance on there. But everybody is going to know I'm weird now, but I guess we could get her to like say a prayer or we something. We have the, the Christmas spirit, but we're missing the Christ part of it she brings that into the equation nevertheless we have another thrifty haul for you this week we dusted the cobwebs out of our eyes and we're back to the show that you know and you love Yeah, out of the spooky haze and into just the regular good old junk and the things that you're sentimentally attached to so starting right off the bat um, something that's near and dear to both Josh and I, it's wrestling base. Yeah, we get back to wrestling. We haven't, well, no shit, we've had wrestling no, through No, we've had wrestling through the, this whole thing. Yeah, it's always there for... Well, know. so we're back to it. Yeah, um, here we go. So the first thing uh, from our thrift haul this week is a WCW Sting Bastion Brawler from the, the late 90s. 
also better known as a wrestling buddy. A wrestling buddy. Yeah, is what the wrestling buddies are the Kleenex of these dolls, but this is, you know, like the the WCW facial tissue doll. Yeah, and this was actually given to us by my sister, so she found this, but Sting in the late 90s for non-wrestling fans, he was the crow. He was the crow. It was just a straight... He was the crow with a scorpion on him. Think about the crow, and then that's what you got. And he would come down from the rafters with a a baseball bat and just smack on boys, you know, send him to the showers. And then he had that big feud with Hogan. Yeah, they're like Sting would lower down from, like, cables. Like, somehow Sting the wrestler, who is now turned into the crow, also had the time to learn how to rig himself to some sort of mechanism and then lower himself while holding a baseball bat. He picked up baseball in his off time as well. And he didn't say he didn't speak a word on television for a year. And that was like his thing. He it's just like pointed the bat. Pointed the bat. And you never knew who he was going to fight for or fight against. And ultimately, he was against Hogan in the NWO. So this uh, wrestling buddy is from that era. It's the late, late 90s. And my man still, he still bumps and bruises like the best of them. And the thing is, you can't get it to stop sometimes. Yeah, I should mention that at this point, you're not doing anything to no. him, really. You're you're holding him, but you're not. Yeah, you're not hurting his achy arm or his gut or his leg. So he has an automated device in his tummy that then activates his arm stuff, his leg stuff, and then when you slam him. A it's, built-in bell. Oh, he's even talking after the three count. Just uh, I'll typical never, he, baby face. I'll, shit. I'll never give up. Yeah, no sells the fucking pin. And wrestling obviously has always been close to me. I have wrestling buddies, and this Sting now adds to my collection. I have Kevin Nash. I have Diamond Dallas Page from the same run of the Bash and Brawlers. So that's the three of these. And then also in the series, there's Goldberg. There's Hogan, and here's one I didn't know. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner is in that run. He was over. I mean, he was Wolfpack. You know, he had the the offshoot. Like, I think it's got to be a rare one because it's listed at $150 everywhere. You can reenact some really classic shitty matches with that. I actually, growing up, I had wrestling buddies myself, and I would jump off of couches, doing some suplexes. Oh, the most dangerous moments of my childhood. Yeah, and I was an accident-prone kid. Like, I broke both my arms twice by the time I was my daughter's age. I dislocated my wrists all the time. Um, And yeah, we used to have, like, stairs in our living room that would go up to the second floor, and there was a ceiling fan. But I would take my wrestling buddy and throw him on the beanbag mm. and then climb the stairs, go over the banister and stand on the little edge and just ECW New Jack off the stairs and elbow drop. That's I, a far go at it. It's a good. It was probably like 12, 15 feet drop. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beanbag is what I popped the beanbag doing that just coming down and the beanbag just fucking exploded beans on the floor everywhere. Just, I, you had a, we had dustbusters, thankfully oh, in the nineties, dustbusters were everywhere. And I just dust busted the beanbag up. Uh, well, the inside of those was like pretty much asbestos in the inside of that. They're just little tiny styrofoam pellets that yeah, static cling to everything. And I just sucked them out of the carpet and behind the piano and everywhere. Do you remember which ones you had? Like what guys? 
Oh, uh, mine was the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My brothers had theirs as well. One, I think we had a million dollar man. Green um, suit, wrestling buddy. We had um, the my Ultimate Warrior, and I think we had a Hogan. Okay. I think were the three that we had. I might be mistaken, mm-hmm. but I think that's the three we had. Mine was definitely Ultimate Warrior because I was all about that shit. Yeah. It's a shame what we had found out about him later on. Well, not worse than Hogan. <sighs> you never and that's who I had. I had Hogan. Um, all, our, all your heroes, you know, they're either a junkie or a racist. Yeah, as it turns out. Yeah, I had Hogan, and we had Ultimate Warrior in the house. But I think if that was more so my sister's. And then I had a, a million dollar man as well. Um, well, my Hogan is the one I like fought all the time because when I was growing up, I was watching uh, Hogan as Hollywood face Sting. That was the whole thing. This was the yellow trunk WWF Hogan. Yeah. So I was beating up the era previous's Hogan in pillow form. Uh-huh. And I would just jump off the, the couches and do anything. And, and back then, that's when my dad lived with us, I think. It was on and off. But he was my basketball coach. And boy, that was the worst thing ever. You hurt yourself. Yeah. So I was in the fourth grade. And we were getting ready to travel. I don't know if it was the playoffs or like in a really important game. But he was like, well, we're going to get up early and we got to go to, to travel and, and, you know, get out there. Well, I was like, well, I got to get my wrestling buddy time in. So I woke up and it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning and I was doing some basic stuff, just basic work. Like I wasn't jumping on stuff. I was just doing some like uh, grappling stuff like that. I went to do to finish the match before I left. I went to do Hogan's leg drop on Hogan. You got to go home. Yeah. Hit the leg drop. I got the go home spot and I was ready to go. And when I went to do the leg drop, for whatever reason, when I came down, the back of my ankle hit the ground before like it, it didn't land flat. My, the back of my ankle hit first and it somehow like put like jammed my ankle like jammed it up in the socket and i immediately was selling it i was like fuck oh the leg drop goes bad yeah and so i hit the back of my foot which like jarred my ankle like up it up it up into itself and it like hurt like hell and then it was like okay time to go to the basketball game and i was like oh no oh. i was like and it, it was a weird well for more than one reason, I didn't want to tell my dad I was wrestling a wrestling buddy first off. Can't be doing that. No, you can't be, especially before a game, trying yeah. to get your jollies in before that. No. no. And so I didn't want to tell him that. And the second thing was, I was like, well, I hurt my ankle doing it. And I can't, I can't do it. Um, so somehow in that car ride, I did explain to him, like, I was wrestling with the wrestling buddy, fucked up my ankle, and he was like, well, you're going to play. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, of, co- of course. Yeah. I had every non-intention yeah. to. He's like, well, as long as you could play. And I was like, okay. But I was like, I can't play. And that's what I was trying to tell him in yeah. that in that space there. I wanted to say, like, I hurt. It's not getting better. I, I'm Something happened. Yeah. So he's like, well, as long as you could play. So I was like, shit. So I remember getting there. And he did, wasn't mad because I told him I was going to play. But the minute I got there and we were starting to run laps, he saw that I was like, fuck. Just up. not going to work. And I remember him just, just tearing into me on the court. Like, just it, before the game, 
just tearing in. It's not your fault. It's Hulk Hogan's. And here like, I am galloping like an injured horse because I had a wrestling-related injury before the fucking ball game. You had to show off, and you hurt yourself in the moment. So, Which is funny, because Hulk Hogan can even pull off a leg drop, and he has no skills. Well, that's not the first thing that my dad told <laughs> me, but in that range. And basically, I... I sat the bench for most of the game, and it was just not a bright moment for him because he's the coach. I was the coach's son. And you're just riding the pine. Yeah. yeah. You're the reason they have the warning now that says, don't try this at school, at home, or anywhere else. This mm-hmm. was pre-warning. They didn't give us that back in the day, but yeah. now you're the reason. So I was a disappointment to my dad that day, and then I was um, gonna say, and then another twenty years happened. Yeah, another twenty <laughs> years happened, and here we are. But I had, like, uh, wrestlers, obviously. I also had Power Rangers as a kid. Everybody did Power Rangers. You did Power Rangers? I had um, uh, a couple Power Rangers. They were the ones that their heads would flip inside. And then it would switch over to their helmets. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of those. Power Rangers were huge. Yeah, I remember I had those as well. That uh, one of their heads was uh, their costume. And the other head was just, like, their, their... civilian face yeah it was just their regular yeah they had their costume on and then you would flip their head from their like their teenager face to like their mighty Morphin power exactly so you would have the ranger head and then when they were ready for battle you flip into the power ranger head but what we found this week for our thrift haul that dates back to that era of power rangers is sabin from 1994 a full-fledged white ranger beach towel this is White Ranger. He was what, like, uh, he was after the green, wasn't he? Yeah. So, fans of Power Rangers will remember, Tommy was like the badass that came afterwards. It's like, I'm not a part of the original squad, but I'm better than him. Ultimately, his final form was this White Ranger right here. Yeah, which was like, he was like the White Tiger. Right. And at this point, I actually have a lot of fucking cool towels, brother. You've got a really good towel collection. This goes with the Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park the towel. The Universal Studios. And- I have that really cool vintage NFL helmet towel that um, I got while thrifting. But the Power Rangers, I had the ones that you're talking about. I had the ones where the heads flipped. I also had the classic Power Rangers that were about like... I don't know, like 10 inches tall that came Did with... Did have the Zord? Were they Zords? Zords. Yeah. yeah, I had the Zords. I didn't have any Zords. Well, come to, come to think of it, I was curious of where those could be still in my mom's house because I haven't taken them out of there. I remembered they got fucking ruined. What happened? Well, it was around the time that my sister was in eighth grade, and I remember it this way, and I'll... I'll say why later, but the toilet upstairs busted at my house. We have an upstairs toilet, and it busted, and and my sister was in eighth grade because I remember she had some kind of party, and on that there was a sign on the toilet saying, like, welcome to Jen's party. Don't piss or poop in here. Like, Not a toilet. Just get back over to the sink. And that's why I remember it. 
well, the something happened with the pipes that um, it like shot water out, and there was a closet, a downstairs closet. So the pipes broke, the water went on the Power Rangers, and then we didn't understand fully what was happening with that toilet or what was going on. I had found out, we're talking a half dozen years later, that that's what happened with the water. And so anything in that closet that it flooded into, it had poop water on it uh. for six years. Uh. Mighty Morphin Poopin' Rangers. Yeah, so I had poop water rangers in the closet and all that stuff. Anything that was in the closet was covered in that. And you know what's a weird fucked up thing about that? To this oh, more than the more than being covered in shit <laughs> yeah, water. There's more. That toilet is still broke to this day. It it is still broke to this very day. Nothing no one ever fixed it. How? <laughs> I don't know. So if it, the house that I grew up in, you piss and poop in the downstairs toilet that's the only to like the pittsburgh shower toilet yeah that's the only toilet we have there's just the decorative toilet and so the upstairs toilet is just like the bathroom is like no man's land yeah some people have furniture that you're not allowed to sit on when you go over <laughs> yours is the toilet <laughs> don't use it yeah don't use it so I had a lot of that going on, but I believe that my original Power Rangers are still somewhere in that because they're. What am I going to do with them? Wash them to begin with. Well, it's just like it's just like a weird scenario because the toilet was upstairs, and it broke, and so the pipes were below it, and the pipes led down into that closet. So when the toilet first broke, we didn't realize that wa poop water was everywhere in that downstairs closet. And we would not open that closet for another five years to realize that. And that's where all the, the fucking garbage was. And now, my friends, I present to you the White Ranger. So we got the Sting Wrestling Buddy. We have the White Power Ranger towel. Now coming up, we're going to be returning to a segment that hasn't been heard on this show since before the Halloween episodes. And if you're a longtime fan, you know that I've been attempting to collect my old action figure collection again. And I've got some to share today. So we're going to take an in-depth look at me at my core. Oh, The core returns. The core returns. And for those new to the show, the core were mimics of, if you remember, G.I. Joe figures. They're small G.I. Joe figures. Well, think about them. Only the quote-unquote generic brand of them. So you could actually buy three core figures for the same price that you could buy one G.I. Joe. And what was fucking awesome about the core is... Um, every season they would have different gear or if they had a different mission they would go on they would put them in different they would paint the molds different and everything like that and I unfortunately lost them over time so I'm recollecting my old collection getting the boys back together I'm getting the boys back together and so far I'm doing a pretty good job on it this past week here I've got about what? What do we have over there? Like seven or eight? There's seven in front of me right now. 
so I have seven new boys to add to the collection. And of course, I know a lot about them and their names and what they do, what they do, their occupations. And Josh was not uh, familiar with the core. No, I have no core knowledge. And like when <laughs> <laughs> when when you say that these guys are generic GI Joes, like. The focus is not on the G.I. Joe aspect. The focus is on the generic aspect of it. Like, uh, okay, fair. They were, what, like four in a pack or something like that? They were like... Well, Wave 1 came with one in a pack. Okay. And they had their own cardboard and their own, like, they, their own art. And um, Wave 2, same. They came as one in a pack with different cardboard. But when we got to Wave 3 and 4... They were coming, like, multi-layered, four, eight per pack, oh. anything. See, I can't wait for the eventual core encyclopedia that you'll write about these guys. Cause yeah. This is, you've got to be... One of nine people to care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and the, the people that have donated these or sold these are... That's it. I mean, and I think you're so invested with the, the old Federation and the old notebook. I'm trying that... to get the old Federation back together. So, uh, out in the second-hand game, got seven more of the core and they range all the way from 1986 to 1992 so keep that in mind when you're looking at them but i thought it would be interesting for josh to take a look at these guys give them a name give them an occupation where do you think these guys exist and then i'll tell you how you're wrong at the end I'm gonna be very wrong at the end. I can I can tell you that already. But like some of these guys, this guy is clearly he's a medic. He uh okay. He's like a snow medic of some sort. Yeah, describe him a little bit. Uh, he's got like a red vest on. He's all white uh, with like cargo pants and blue boots. These guys all have like the Rob Leefield like number of pouches on them. They yeah. are strapped to the gills with pouches and knives. Just fucking <laughs> knives strapped all over them. Yeah. Um, and most of them wear sunglasses. Yeah, um, some do. Some have different occupations. So the the one in your hand, would, if you had to guess, his whole deal, name, occupation. You, you went with well, medic. Yeah, he looks like a medic, but he also looks like this guy's brother. Like, whoa, they, I never thought about that. Yeah, they've got, I mean, they have the exact same head model, but one of them, like, he's got a knit hat, and the other one, they're just like, put a fucking, just make it a chin he's strap. Like, that guy's kind of like a hot cop, sort of. Yeah, this is, he's, he does have, like, the, the chips pants, mm -hmm. you know, like, these are obviously, like, chip and chop, you know? Chip and chop? Chip and chop. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh -huh. you this is ironically very close. Very close. See, and that's the thing with these is they were probably like translated names and it just ended up shitty to begin with and got worse as it went through the production line. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one is a hot cop. He's got his brother here, Chip. Uh, chop is the medic because mm -hmm. um, he flies in a helicopter. Okay. In, so the, in the Arctic. Chop, chop does that in the Arctic. Yeah, okay. so that's what Chop does uh, in the Arctic with his sunglasses and his soul patch, and he's got the pirate version of facial hair. Yeah, sure. Um, but Chip just has the stash because he's got to be regulation. Nothing Chip and Chop. <laughs> Chip and Chop. Uh, but Chip is, Chip is obviously a cop. He's got a badge, and he has a pistol strapped to where cops don't have pistols strapped. It's across his chest. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he's got motorcycle pants and no sleeves. So he is not here to fuck around <laughs> with. And he doesn't ride a regulation motorcycle. He has like a chopper 
motorcycle for the police force. But yeah, that's what chip and chop. Chip and chop. Okay, so the first, if you want the the one that you proceed, yeah, just give me the both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the first, what we have here, the the medic. Uh, with a lot of knives that you mentioned that kind of has the Pirates of the Caribbean facial hair. His name is Avalanche. Okay, so we're in the Arctic. Yeah, Avalanche. And he specializes in top-secret, close-range combat tactics and technology. So you kind of got it. You're like knives. Helicopter technology. You probably fuck around with a computer here and there. Yeah, he knows what's up. And he graduated at the top of his marine combat training class. So he developed advanced combat body body armor, which he wears, and battlefield equipment. Okay, so that's all his cargo pockets. To kill prey. (laughs) Is he hunting Yeti in the Arctic? Who are the bad people in the core? Is there, like, a bad... Like there's the evil core. There's some evil core guys. All right. I yeah. Need more mythos and the backstory of why yeah. they're on this. Good well, fight. understanding wrestling, you would understand this part of it. There were like baby faces, and they were heels. So there were good guys and bad guys. But there was also times when the bad guys would be the lot cooler ones because you're like, oh, you're actually fucking. You're the ones with the personality. That's my favorite GI Joe was Snake Eyes, and he was a bad guy. Yeah. He was the coolest fucking one. So. um... This is not Chop, but this is Avalanche, and we found about him. See, this is why it's interesting, because you said Chip and Chop. The hot cop, his name is Chopper. Okay. His name is actually Chopper. Chopper, he rides, he, he's he got a chopper. All right. Um, and he's actually uh, one of the oldest ones. This is actually from version one. And when I got him, um, where I got him from, they, they actually gave him in a plastic baggie, what I which I appreciated, because I was like, Things I usually buy in a plastic baggie aren't action figures. Yeah, he's flammable. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. But he was the former CHP officer for the Laguna Beach Super Superbike Squadron. Of course, it's the Superbikes. They can call it the CHP, the California Highway Patrol, but it's going to be the Super Squadron. And his bio says, well, it was the only organization for him. Don't know what that means. Has an eerie ability to know when and where the action is. <laughs> He's definitely a hot cop. <laughs> Known for getting into places that no one else can or should. Doesn't have many friends and prefers to keep it that way. Yeah, I think that Chopper is probably in the background of the Blue Oyster Cult during Police Academy as right? an extra. I feel I feel so. I've never felt so visible. He's gay Tackleberry. I've never felt so visible. Visible as a 1986 way of telling straight boys, like, you have a gay on your hands. <laughs> like, yeah. he does stuff that well, most cops don't. Yeah, he knows where the action is. Let's just say that. Let's just say it. He, he's a part of a superbike squadron. Yeah. There was no other squadron for him. Had to ride the chopper. There's no other squadron for him. Chip and chop. <laughs> so we've got... Uh, you want to pick another one? Five yeah. more. Okay, yeah. Just pick another one. This guy, he looks like the stepdad who is good at Overwatch. He is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got like an Overwatch symbol on his chest, mm-hmm. um, but he's got the worst haircut you could ever give an action figure. He yeah. has, he's balding, but also has a mohawk. Yeah. It's so like, he has like the he has like the skullet, but then he also has a line of hair down the middle of his head. Yeah, he's got the monk U and then a little like tuft in the middle. But mm-hmm. um, he 
yeah, if he's not a professional video gamer with his stepson Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that he's some sort of scientist. Okay. Um, an Overwatch nuclear scientist of some sort. But what do you think his name is? It's probably just stepdad. Like, okay. Or uh, he looks like Ralph. Ralph the stepdad. Ralph the stepdad. <laughs> like you're not my real dad, Ralph. Fair enough. Well, what we have in our hands here is the second version of Toxic Waster. And I will say the second version, the one I have, is the very preferred version. That's somehow better than the That's an improvement (laughs) over something else. Yeah, because at first they had him in, like, purple and green. And it was like he's wearing a hazmat suit, so it was, like, really weird. So this version, which came out, I think, early 80s. Uh, no, excuse me, late 80s, early 90s. He's in a total hazmat suit, so it's a white hazmat suit with uh, yellow gloves. And Toxic Waste- Wasters is known f- to be one of the hardest working guys in the security business. Oh. He is a walking library of chemical and technical data, the professor type. He can tell you all about, I don't know anything about Overwatch, so I'm going to fuck that joke up. <laughs> He's a professor type when you put a book in front of him, but when a situation occurs, it's knuckles and know-how. He looks like the kind of guy who so would So like your racist to... uncle that likes science. Yeah, pony up to a computer and be like, oh, all this needs is a little knuckles and know-how. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell by my hair that... Yeah, I'm pretty well off. I'm fine. Yeah, and then uh, one of the other guys is all decked out in camo. Oh, yeah, let's do another. Yeah, this is a... I think he's the most interesting. Oh, shit. Oh! Is is, is his hat supposed to come off? It could, yeah. Okay, because it just did. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, It goes back Yeah, that... The gimmick exposed by the under the hat stuff, you're not supposed to see under the hat, so don't base what you think of him about yeah, the hat. Yeah, he's bald, so I won't, we won't factor that in. Yeah. This guy is clearly like going off of the 80s fame of Crocodile Dundee. He's all decked out in camo. He's got knives all over, pockets all over. He has like the, uh, the Crocodile Dundee hat that's also camo and a gigantic bushy mustache. He's obviously like a reptile hunter, like reptile Reptile. ranger. Um, And based off of the names of previous ones, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Alligator Al. Oh, his hat (laughs) fell off. His hat fell off again. Um, Alligator Al? Alligator Al. You're so fucking close. Because his name is Boomerang Billy. Okay. (laughs) I was one letter off. And this is actually version three. He doesn't have a fucking boomerang. Yeah, well, he does. I do have it. Oh, it's they have... Oh, that's yeah. right. They do have attachments. Yeah. So, he... This is the, the third version of him. The first version of him is what you think of when you think of Crocodile Dundee, like tan. The direct ripoff. The direct ripoff right there. The second version of his, it, it was very interesting because it took a turn that it didn't need to take, but I was fine with it. He became some sort of, like secret sniper like a sleuth and that his whole gimmick was i'm crocodile dundee but at night and i have weapons and so they went with a black and blue style because it was the same mold but that color but version three he's returned to a more of a modern take he's back in the swamp 
Yeah, he's back in he the He returns. Swamp. Number two is where he goes to New York City. Yeah. That's why he's in the black and the blue. It blends in with the city. But three, you got to go back into the swamp, back into your, your basics. So Boomerang Billy commands all ground-to-air defense systems and remote electronic surveillance. Former member of the Australian Armed Forces, highly skilled in hand-to-hand combat, and state-of-the-art weaponry. I swear to God, if you would have put a boomerang in his hand, I would have guessed boomerang Billy. <laughs> it wouldn't have been alligator Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he'd have been boomerang. I would have known it right away. I could have gotten that. I could have figured that one out. Well, for these four guys, based on sight alone, you you kind of nailed it. So I'm going to bring more of my core collection back on the show next week so you can give them names, give them occupations. But as of right now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we return for Act 2... Once again, we're going to be deep diving into the emails you sent in. So if you're a roach out there and you sent us something, keep an ear open because we're going to be getting to that. And we've been doing this segment for a while and we never gave it a proper name, so I'm going to do that now. We're going to call this The Roach Coach. Yeah, I like it. Bring in The Roach Coach. Let's do it. Stick around. See you in a bit. Speaking 
Roaches is really steamrolled. It's very marketable nowadays. Roaches is really getting out there. It really speaks to the heart of the listener base, I feel like. So yeah, we just crawl around. We get what we need. Uh, so the second act of the show will return to what it used to be before the Halloween episodes. This is the act that we answer emails from you. And you can email us at thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. If you want to show us a picture of your thrift haul... Send it over. If you have a question about something you would like us to try to find for you, send it over. Because this segment has a new name. We're about to be your Roach Coach. A couple thrift finds that were sent to us. Uh, Jack, our good friend Jack, um, he prepared for a Halloween party and got that uh, little chip bowl that we saw. Yeah, that was a really nice little bowl. It's got like candy corn pattern on the outside and then a little skeleton juggling some pumpkins right in the center of the bowl. Yeah, and he emailed in, and we're going to hear about uh, that email a little bit. And then also our friend Dustin. Dustin uh, went out, and he actually, we had a conversation. He said, you guys make me want to go out thrifting and go out and do stuff. And I was like, that's really cool, Dustin. I'm glad to hear that because it's such a good time. You get out there, like, if you find some good stuff, you find some good stuff. If you don't, you don't. But there's always some kind of junk you could use. And he uh, uh, sent us some pictures from his lithographs. That's a it's really... It's an impressive haul of uh, Disney lithographs that he got. That's a really, really great find. Like, even monetary, but, like, just the thrill of finding something that cool. You know, you find stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it's a really great thrill. But he had, like, Cinderella in there, Snow White, and these are original lithographs, too. So I could assume that he could probably get a pretty penny for him. But, I mean, that's just cool to find. Like you said, you never... there. There's no way that you wake up. And you're on your way to wherever you're thrifting at and say, like, this is what I want to find. Yeah, all the times you've been thrifting, you never found a bag of money. The first time we go out... You found a bag of money. I found a we giant bag of money. We never talked about that. I'm pretty sure we talked about Did it we? on the way, way back. Yeah. Okay. Because it was a big thing. Yeah, but yeah, you thing. just you never know what you're going to find out there. And there were a good number of lithographs, too. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be... And sometimes you, you just discover stuff. Found a robotic witch. You find all kinds of crazy shit. You never know. Emails this week comes from Mary Kekik. Mary was, uh, she was a musical guest. It was amazing. Great song. And she emailed us this week. She said, hey, Thrifty, here's a list of stuff you could look out for just for me if you find it. So our friend Mary's looking for Sailor Moon, and she's looking for tapes, DVDs, which hinders on my territory. So I probably won't send those. We got to know what kind of tapes because there's a shitload of tapes. If you want... Some old lady Christmas tapes got you covered. If you want religious tapes, yeah, got you covered. Got you. But please don't let it be that. <laughs> let us know what you want. We'll try to track it down. And she asked if we ever found anything uh, related to uh, the Powerpuff Girls. And I think we have found. I've seen Powerpuff Girls stuff out there. I've seen some Sailor Moon stuff. Um, I saw Sailor Moon. They were like bed sheets or curtains or something. But oh like, shit, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, it was. So they're oh, out there. They're, yeah, it was just you know in the close. I rarely look through the clothes stuff, but yeah, like, yeah, there's stuff out there. You don't see so much Sailor Moon toys, but mm-hmm. a lot of Powerpuff toys. A lot of Powerpuff toys, but she says in this email, not that new shit. So she wants the old ones. I don't know that I could tell the difference. I I guess Powerpuff I mean they'll Girls, have the year printed on them. Yeah, but. so probably just the old shit. But I've definitely seen some 
like plush Powerpuff Girls out there all the time. Yeah, and I've seen like little, you know, like we see the little like trinkets McDonald's and plastic things and yeah. things like that, you know, laying about. Mm-hmm. She said, "Cool, thanks. Thanks for emailing in, Mary. We will try our best." Uh, the next emailer, I don't know who actually sent this one in because I usually can tell the name of the emailer by s- something in the email. So I don't know who this is from, but email again. Uh, hey, Thrifty, any tips or tricks to finding action figures, small items out into the th- out in the thrifting world? A lot of times you got to like dig. Um, like get under stuff, um, open stuff up. Like when you see bags and like things that look mm-hmm. like little kid backpacks, like I found that ET hall yep. inside a little backpack. The small backpack is how you, cause bigger stuff has smaller stuff in it and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. yeah. It's like looking through Russian nesting dolls, but it's junk, you know, like get in there, open stuff up, find and, you know, dig Explore. through stuff. Yeah. And I will say a lot of. Um, not all, but some thrift stores actually will have like uh, little pieces and action figures bagged together and on a shelf. Yeah, like you'll you'll find the little sets, and I think yeah. a lot of that is parents who do a good job putting the stuff away before it gets out. Yeah, you know, to the store. And where we look, it's usually people. It it's just junk mixed up in bins on wheels. So, like Josh said, the only thing that we really do to kind of find that stuff is you really have to go to the underneath carriage of everything. That stuff just falls through, you know, like it just, you know, it gets sifted through mm-hmm. the larger stuff, through the larger stuff, and it'll get down to the bottom. And you've got to move all that shit out of the way to find it. One of the biggest action figure hauls, and I don't think I've talked about it on the show before, but I, that way, in an outlet style setting where you have to dig through the stuff to find stuff, I found uh, pretty much uh, like uh, the seventies, the late seventies Kenner Star Wars toys. Oh yeah! I found a whole haul of those, and it first came when I was just kind of digging around, and then I came across C three PO, and I was like, okay. I hear you. A okay. lot of times you find one, and if you find one action figure in a bin, chances are there's another from a related set. Yeah, and then that's when I found R2-D2. And then the next like pass when I was moving anything that, there was like seven or eight. And they were. it was a really cool haul, but at the time I didn't have a job, so I sold them. I immediately sold them they're for worth, a profit. They're worth good money, you know, and those are sought after. And... The, the turnaround on those was incredible because if you're thinking if you're buying something by the pound and they're just like action figures. Oh, so I loved it. They were like, you know, like stuffed, you know, like yeah. they were they had away hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last email this week, it comes from Jack, who we were talking about before, who sent us a picture of his Halloween dishes. He writes in. In that haul, I also bought a blue dress shirt for a Halloween costume and a VHS copy of Liar Liar with its Blockbuster pre-owned sticker and barcode intact. You had a thought about this part of the email. I was curious about the Halloween costume. I don't know. Is the blue shirt and Liar Liar related? And in what way? Is it a blue Blockbuster shirt? Because I still have. I worked at Blockbuster in high school. And it was the coolest job you could possibly have in high school, working there at that point. In oh time. hell yeah! I got free video game rentals. I got movies before they came out. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I want to know if the blue shirt is like a blue blockbuster shirt, and you, that's the the VHS that your, tape you're carrying. Did you around. go? 
to the Halloween party as a blockbuster employee? Or were you Jim Carrey from Liar Liar? <laughs> and needed a tape for reference. And similar to Todd carrying around the Goosebump <laughs> book to make sense of Curly, would you, were you like, no, me, look, this is Liar Liar. Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Although, great deal on the pre-owned. Yeah, no, not a yeah. pretty good deal. And then he also writes, my thrift store had a membership program that gives me discounts and text alerts where for all their sales. Is this a thing you've seen before? What discount is the most exciting thing you've got thrifting? Well, first off, shopping by the pound, everything's a discount. There's really no cheaper than that. If it's got a plug, it's a dollar, and you can't beat that because, like, where a lamp for a dollar, any lamp for a dollar, that's mm-hmm. uh, always a good deal. But I do know that a lot of secondhand stores are often like markup shops, so they're going to sell it to you. Twenty four ninety nine for that lamp, you know. Yeah, if it's not, you know, like a full on non profit, they're trying to, you know, get it's something a on the back end. Absolutely. Yeah. So I kind of looked into that because I actually am not familiar with uh, places with that those types of rewards and discounts because I'm just like, this is about as discounted as things come. Ours doesn't do that. But I did see Jack that some Goodwills they do have this point system. Which is a fucking farce, but like I'll explain it and you can make your own opinion. So for every dollar, you get one point. And for every 100 points you have, you get $5 off a purchase. And the thing with that is that normally rewards programs like that, or, you know, like your Giant Eagle card, your grocery store perks, yeah, whatever that is, they track your purchases. So that they know, like, what to order and, like, what promotions to run. But this is a thrift store. Yeah. So, like, what do they track? They can't. They're just selling the shit that people gave And let's gave talk them. about, so, so $1 is one point. So, 100 points. So, you spent $100, and now you get $5 off something else. $5 after 100 How long does it take to spend $100 thrifting? I mean, there's a little bit of a, a, a markup at Goodwill, you know, yeah. like... You're not going to find pants for, you know, like a dollar. Sure. You know? But how long is it going to take you to get to the hundred mark? Because we spend under a hundred for the hauls in total per month. Oh, absolutely. You have to think. It, it, you could put my Taco Bell bill with my Oh, the Taco bill. Bell bill. <laughs> you could put my Taco Bell bill and my <laughs> thrifting bill. They run back to back constantly. <laughs> It's always, you know, one right after the other. <laughs> we do go to Taco Bell after every good thrift. We go to the Bell. It's good, you know. Like, I fill my heart thrifting, and then I fill my belly eating at Taco Bell. Um, but I did also see, and I do remember this from when I was younger, that most Goodwills have a uh, 10% off on Fridays. So, Jack, if you want to thrift at a Goodwill, have your student ID I, I actually think Jack is still in school. So have your student ID and call them on their shit. When it's Friday, you go, here's my card, 10% off. Yeah, I know uh, some Salvation Armies do, uh, they do different colored tags. And then on different days of the week, they'll do 50% off that color Whatever tag. Whatever color. Yeah. yeah, and 50% off is always a good deal. You just come back, hide the shit. Yeah. Come back and buy it when it's 50% off on that day. Well, it's good to be back to, and we wiped all the cobwebs uh, out of our hair and our body hair and now we're just giving you the real shit um for november and it's also a reminder that depression gets worse in december so get get ready for those dark ones yeah the temp- <laughs> the temperature has plunged we've plunged back into this 
But don't plunge back into the darkness. So in November we're gonna be straight shooting. I th- I feel like I yeah. November that's a November straight shooting. I have a lot of holiday angst, but like you straight know, shooting. I yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it real. We're gonna get back into it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna lift everybody's spirits as much as we can, <laughs> as much as two depressed motherfuckers <laughs> like us can lift spirits. We will be there for you. <laughs> And we're also going to be there for our musical guests. This week, Bluffs hit another home run. Bluffs just released a double LP, Smile and Frown. You heard a track off of Smile. But Steve Beres is the mastermind behind Bluffs. Check out Bluffs, steveberes.bandcamp.com, B-E-R-E-S.bandcamp.com for Beres. And also, Steve does alternate reality, which is the theme for our show for many reasons. Yeah, we had a, a Barris double banger today. A Barris double banger. That's what that, that's what I've heard in some circles that being called. Yeah, it was really good. And also, uh, if you want to throw us anything, thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Thanks for scri- subscribing if you do subscribe. If not, this is your time. I'm calling you out. What are you waiting for? Five stars only. Come on, don't be scared anymore. It's November now. <laughs> good night. Goodbye.